This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are talking about are you playing the role of the bad guy? If you think about the movie of your life, which role are you playing? If you've been following this little mini-series on the drama triangle, then you'll know that last week we went through the position of the victim, the week before we talked about the position of the rescuer, and this week we're going through the role of the persecutor, aka the bad guy. As usual, I would love to know where in the world you are and what you're doing as you listen to this episode, so take a quick picture of where you're at right now and tag me on Instagram at VictoriaThardane. I would love to see. I really hope you enjoy this episode, guys, and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane Podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? Hey guys, today we are talking about are you playing the role of the bad guy? also known as the persecutor. So who is this role? What does this role look like? Well, the persecutor is essentially the one who criticizes, who blames, who punishes, who essentially causes hurt to the victim. So it's really the person who keeps the victim in their role by essentially pushing them down. It's a position which is very characterized by anger, It's very authoritarian, very aggressive, and it can actually have quite a bit of malevolence as well. And it's a position which is very rooted in extreme masculine energy. And when we talk about extreme masculine energy, we're talking about an unhealthy masculine energy. So if you've listened to my previous episodes about the masculine versus the feminine energy, then this will make sense to you. If you haven't, then I recommend you go listen to the episode about the masculine energy after this one in order to have a clearer idea of what I mean by this. But it is essentially an unhealthy representation of the masculine energy in its extreme. The persecutor is the one who says things like, it's all your fault, I can't believe you. And it can even be things that take a bit more of a malevolent approach, things like, they'll get what's coming to them, or just you wait and see, it'll come swinging right back around. And it's this idea of revenge, of anger, as I said before, aggression, etc. And something that's really interesting about the role of the persecutor is that yes, it can be towards something. So right, we can be angry at someone, we can criticize and blame another person or maybe an institution or let's say the government, something like that. But we can also find ourselves being the persecutor to ourselves. And this is a position that I found myself in quite a lot something that resonates with me a lot. If you have listened to the episode of The Victim, which I posted last week, I mentioned how I found myself previously in the role of the victim a lot, and actually who I was a victim to was myself. So I was not only playing the role of the victim, but I was also playing the role of the persecutor. This is something that I also see in a lot of my clients, and as I go through it in more detail in this episode, I'm sure it might resonate with many of you as well. So let's go through two different examples of the role of the persecutor to get a better idea of what this really looks like. 
So for me personally, as I said, I was actually playing the persecutor to myself at one point. I was in a position where I was taking my fitness and health regimen to the absolute extreme. I had placed a lot of strict rules on myself, on what I was allowed to do, what I wasn't allowed to do. And I felt really angry at myself for not getting the physical outcome that I was working towards. So I had a really specific aesthetic goal. I was working really, really hard towards it. I felt like I was following everything to the T in terms of meal plan and macro tracking and workouts and all of that. And I was angry because I didn't feel like I was getting the results. And who I was angry at was myself. So it was really my mind against my body. My body was the victim and my mind was the persecutor. So I was telling myself, wow, you know, you're, you're weak. Why aren't you reacting this way? Why aren't you doing it right? Why aren't you following this? And it was extreme anger to myself. And at the same time, as I said, I was also in the position of the victim because I was also thinking, I try so hard and it's never enough and I can just never get there and it's too much. And so I was really playing these two roles and it wasn't until I had this really strange clue in all of a sudden where I thought, I'm my own persecutor. I'm the one putting myself in a cage. I feel trapped, but no one's trapping me. I'm trapping myself. And I don't think you can come to a realization like that and not let it go. Because a realization like that becomes something that's so profound and so shocking in a way that you genuinely just cannot stay there. You need to let it go because you realize it's absolute insanity, essentially. I'm sure this is something that resonates with some of you as well. Another example would be more of a client example, and she was going through a big shift in her life, but her parents didn't approve. And she found herself initially as a bit of the victim in this situation because her parents were upset and were not supporting her life change. And when she decided to go through this life change anyways, of course, this caused a bit of an argument between her and her parents. And where she was initially in the position of the victim, she actually flipped into the position of the persecutor, getting really angry at her parents, being very aggressive, saying rude things to them in order to, in a way, kind of get back at them for having placed her previously in the position of the victim. So you might start noticing a bit of a pattern here between the victim and the persecutor and how easy it is to slip from one to the other. And we're going to go through that a little bit more in depth in a second. First, let's look at why someone would take the role of the persecutor, right? The persecutor, as I said before, is essentially the kind of quote unquote bad guy. And one of the key principles that we all need to live by, especially when we're talking about life coaching, is this idea that we're all doing the best we can at any given moment, given our current knowledge and resources. So if we think about it that way, right, that we're doing the best we can, why would we position ourselves as the bad guy? How does the bad guy become the best we can do? Well, we essentially take this role of the persecutor because there is a buildup of anger and resentment. There's a buildup of having previously been a victim. And you can see this in both of the examples. In my personal example, I was initially first the victim to myself, and then my role of the persecutor became even stronger as I was also the victim. In the example of my client, she was initially the victim to her parents, and then she flipped it and became the persecutor with her parents as the victims. So 
It's really this buildup of anger resentment until we essentially snap. We also take this role because it allows us to feel superior. And that's also our way of getting back at being the victim because the victim is an inferior position to be in, right? We're the victim of somebody else or something else. So we feel like we're getting on top of it. We feel like we're regaining a bit of control. We feel like we're gaining a little bit of power by becoming the persecutor. Being the persecutor also brings this feeling of being right. We feel like we are right because we're able to blame others and push others down. And it really comes from this mentality of win-lose. So there's a winner, there's a loser. And if there's a winner and there's a loser, then if I'm the angry one blaming the other one, then I must be the winner because the victim is the loser. And this is another key point to actually getting out of this position, which we'll talk to more a bit later on as well. Another reason why we might take this role is actually from fear of being victimized. So from fear of falling back into the position of the victim, feeling like the role of the persecutor is the only way we can get ourselves out of that position of victimhood and actually regain control. So it's once again, a thing of wanting to maintain control or keep control. And we see it as the only way of being able to keep control. So those are some reasons why we take on this role. Now, I'm pretty sure from everything that I said, it's relatively clear what the concerns and problems are with playing this role, right? But let's explain them a little bit more explicitly. So the persecutor is a position that is very problem focused. It is always focused on who's there to blame, who's there to criticize, who's there to hurt. And it's focusing always on the problem. The more we're focused on the problem, the more we end up anchoring ourselves into this drama triangle. The persecutor is actually also often the source of the drama. And the drama triangle can really begin either with somebody who's playing the role of the victim or somebody who's playing the role of the persecutor. But since the role of the victim necessitates a persecutor, then the persecutor really anchors in, as I said before, this drama triangle in general. And of course, we can also imagine that this role has a huge impact on relationships. So of course, nobody likes the quote unquote bad guy. And we can find ourselves really damaging relationships and essentially damaging ourselves and our future and the health of our future relationships. And one last place in which this can really cause a concern is actually it can really play a big role in decreasing our self-esteem. And it sounds a bit counterintuitive because we play this role in order to feel superior, in order to feel like we're right, in order to feed the ego. But in the long run, as I said before, no one likes the bad guy, not even you. So if you're playing this role and you clue in after a while that you've been mean to somebody, that you've maybe shouted at somebody, that you've been angry, that you've criticized, that you've blamed, that you've punished, you won't feel good about yourself for having played that role either. And that can really make you question your own self-worth. So those are some of the big dangers and concerns with being the persecutor. So what can we do about this? Well, we can move from being the persecutor to the challenger. The persecutor is the one who blames and the challenger is the one who embodies assertiveness. And the challenger is the one who encourages others to take action. 
So there's a few mindset shifts that we really need to take on board in order to be able to move from the position of the persecutor to the position of the challenger. As I said in previous episodes, every role within the drama triangle is based on lies, is based on ego, is based on power, and is based on win-lose. So the second we become aware of it and we realize we want to get out of the triangle and we decide to embody vulnerability and honesty and openness with ourselves and with others, we're already taking a huge step forward. So one big mindset shift is taking responsibility. As I said, the persecutor is focused on criticizing and blaming others. But when the persecutor is able to realize that they also hold a share of responsibility in the situation, all of a sudden it no longer becomes all the victim's fault. Right? So the victim might have played a role, but the persecutor played a role as well, because any conflict between two takes two. So an example would be, let's say, a persecutor who was previously a victim in a bad relationship, and their significant other was always rude to them, was never respecting them, and this built up over time, this built up anger and resentment within the position of the victim at the time until they snap and become the persecutor. And of course, you know, that person's significant other plays a big part of responsibility. But when the persecutor can sit down and think, well, what part of responsibility do I play? They might realize that, you know what, they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything when they felt disrespected or when they didn't feel loved or when they didn't feel like they were getting what they needed out of the relationship. They just let it slide and they let too much slide until they snapped and couldn't handle it anymore. So that would be an example of asking ourselves, what part of responsibility do we play? Another part is really seeing the victim as a creator. The more the persecutor sees the victim as a victim, the more they will see them as weak, the more they will continue to criticize and blame. However, when they see the victim as the creator, then they understand that their role is to challenge the creator, to challenge them to be solution focused and to find a solution for themselves. So an example would be, let's say you have an assistant and they're constantly making mistakes in the kind of projects that they're doing. And you might find yourself in the position of the persecutor, starting to get angry with them, starting to be frustrated with them, maybe tell them, you know, what are you doing? This isn't what I told you to do. You need to listen. However, when we start seeing the victim as a creator and say, this person is learning, this person is creating, then we can start to ask ourselves, what can we do to create the solution, to help them and encourage them to find the solution? And that's where our role no longer becomes one of pushing the victim down, but lifting the victim up. And the last big shift is letting go of a win-lose mentality. So as I said before, it's all about this power trip, right? The persecutor takes on this role because it feels like I'm right, I'm superior if I take this role. But once we let go of the win-lose mentality and we pick up a mentality of win-win, we start thinking, well, what if we can both win here? What if there isn't a winner and a loser? What if it's not a power battle and it becomes something that we can both be lifted higher? So those are some of the mindset shifts to begin with. What I'm gonna go through with you now is five reflection questions. And I want you to think about a time in which you have previously played the role of the persecutor, or maybe an area of your life where you're playing the persecutor at the moment. 
The first question is, you know, when and where have you been the persecutor? So take a little second to think about that. You can press pause if you need a little bit more reflection time. The second question is, where were you victimized? As I said before, the persecutor, more often than not, was actually a victim to start with. Anger is something that builds up over time and it often builds up from sadness or from a feeling of being disappointed or let down or victimized. So where were you playing the victim beforehand and what was the emotion that was building up over time and bubbling within you until you became the persecutor? The third question is how are you personally responsible for this? What part of responsibility did you play? The fourth question is how can I encourage change? How can I embody healthy assertiveness, so healthy masculine energy, to encourage the victim to be more solution focused? And if you're thinking of a previous example, then reflect how could you have encouraged the victim to be more solution focused? How could you have been a positive challenger, which is encouraging change? And the fifth question is how can I make this win-win? How can both sides come out the winner here? What if we were to shift our mentality from somebody wins and somebody loses to this is not a zero-sum game. This is not one winner and one loser. We can both come out in a better place than where we started. And what does that winning on both sides actually look like? So I hope that that was interesting, guys. I hope that that might have sparked a few reflections within you. When it comes to the role of the persecutor, there is so much more we need to dig into. This is really just scratching the surface. And I really hope that this is a good starting ground to help make you dive a little bit deeper into this reflections. But there's a lot more that needs to be done around values, around beliefs, and especially around being able to master our emotions and master our relationships. As I said previously, the persecutor often comes out when we have this bubbling of negative emotion within us for too long. And how can we really master those emotions that are bubbling within us and avoid them overflowing and bringing us into the position of the bad guy? Well, that's really emotional mastery, right? That's really being able to master our mindset and understand ourselves and learn to work with ourselves. And if you're interested in all of that and you want to know a bit more, well, I have my 12-week self-mastery solution program. The second cohort is starting at the beginning of July. So if you want more details on that, send me a quick message on Instagram saying, Victoria, tell me more, and I will give you all of the details. In the meantime, guys, I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. <laughs>